and welcome back to another episode of We Making It Woo. This is a weekly conversation into success. No, guys, oh, I had it for the last couple of weeks. This is a weekly conversation around access to success so we can all what? progress if you want to know what success looks like in your 20s well just keep listening uh, as always if you want to be a part of the conversation be sure to email me I'm going to spell my name this week because I haven't spelled it in a long time it's k-a-d-i-e because that's half of my first name and then it's smiles because as always guys my smile is super cute I should post a picture so that you guys can see it and dot nyc because that's where we at so what am i reading i'm still making my way through no ashes in the fire by donnell moore it's getting really good i'm like halfway through it i don't know if you guys think i'm a slow reader it really doesn't matter but i'm reading this one a little bit slower because i'm going through a lot of transitions at the moment uh so yeah i'm still making my way through it uh what are you reading I uh, just finished two different books, both by Intozaki Shange. Um, The first was Sassafras, Cypress, and Indigo, which is a novel that is amazing, um, about three sisters from the South and living their different lives as artists and finding themselves. And Mm. then um, actually a short play called Spell Number 7. Mm. Um, which is, was originally produced, I believe, at The Public back in the day. Yeah. And um, I'm working with Diane Harvey, and she was in the original cast. So. Amazing. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was research reading, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, reading is reading. Yeah. And also, too, I'm not, for those who don't know, I'm actually not, I'm really, really biased about fiction I because I love, like, memoirs and, like, self-help and things like that. And I'm... The only fiction I really read as a diehard is like Toni Morrison. Mm. So if it's not Toni Morrison, I feel like, I guess I'm just like, I don't want to read that. <laughs> I need okay. to get over myself. I'm just going to trust that this is a phase. <laughs> life is long. And yes, we should all read Toni Morrison. And also there's so many amazing authors. I know. I know. I, I, it's, a, it's bad. I need to work on it. It's okay. It's okay. This is your moment. I'm, I'm glad you said that because mm-hmm. this one sounds good. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Okay, we'll mm-hmm. talk about this. Mm-hmm. So what happened last night? So shout out to Risbo, the restaurant that I'm working at right now. Oh, guys. Oh, my gosh, guys. So I recently started training as a bartender. And um, one of the things that uh, you're supposed to know how to do kind of well is build drinks. So if two people order, you should be able to make those two drinks in one cup. And then pour them out of one cup. But y'all, I I don't know what was wrong. I was like messing up. I would have like the first cup overflowing. And then the second cup like not overflowing by like a lot. And so I was like racking my brain. I was practicing the day before yesterday. And I did like six tries. And I could not figure it out. But yesterday I figured it out, so great. Yep, it was it was yeah, it was a little slow because of the rain, uh, and also everybody stayed dry. By the time you hear this, I don't know what the weather would be like, but hopefully sunshine. Yeah, because the next couple of days are supposed to be rain, and today we're supposed to get hail a little bit too. Yeah, that's what that's what Emily said. So yeah, so. As always, I hope you enjoyed the interview with Q. We are out of Mental Health Awareness Month and walking our way into Pride Month, which we'll get a little bit into today. But before we get into all that, 
I have a new special guest. Special guest, can you introduce yourself? Uh, my name is Sydney Mosley. <laughs> whoop, whoop. <laughs> we got Sydney in our building. <laughs> now, for those who don't know, I always like to share how I met the people, even though I think I can think of a couple of interviews that I didn't. We're going to just keep going. Sydney was uh, on a panel at Gibney back in 2016 talking about... I want to say it was folks of color and it was about how we, I think how art went beyond the stage, because mm. I think you were talking about your piece. Is it birthday cake? Is it cake? Cake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at the time you may have been the only black woman on the panel. Yeah, and I was, right. yeah. <laughs> Not to say that there weren't other folks of color on the panel, right. but obviously I was like drawn to you because you had natural hair. I had natural hair. I think at the time we were about the same length <laughs> as I have cut mine a few times since then. Um, and you were also just like super sweet. And then after that panel, you gave me your phone number. And yeah. it was, and I was like, oh my gosh, she's so nice. She gave me her phone <laughs> number. Like, she didn't give me her email. She didn't give me, like, her Instagram. She gave me her phone number. I was so excited. Mm-hmm. And so to fast forward, now I live in the city. <laughs> 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 and how the things have happened. So I brought Sydney on the show because Sydney has a shit ton of things happening. <laughs> so the things that I know about is you're looking for artistic collaborators, mm-hmm. which I think is super important because mm-hmm. I need more information about that. Yes. And then you have what I call on their bodies, but it's like solo. It's something with Gibney with solo practices. Solo for solo. Solo for solo. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, an intensive coming up yes. at the end, like end, at of, the June. end of June. Yeah, June 25th through 28th. And am I missing anything? Um, There is a bit of a show and tell at Lincoln Center on Saturday. See. Um, and then I'm speaking at the Dance USA conference this year in Cleveland. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... You got a lot of things going on. It's and I true. think a lot of these things people need to know about. Correct. So <laughs> what would you like to talk about first? I never say this. Uh-huh. Really? Because so no, usually I only ask people about one thing. <laughs> <laughs> so the conversation is pretty guided. Okay. But you're doing so much. It's true. So like, yeah, what do you want to talk about? Um, Let's talk about uh, PD for the people, professional yes. development for the people, Yes, um, which is uh, SLM Dance's summer intensive. This yes. is only the second year that we've done it. So yeah. it's very exciting. Yeah. It's going to be this year at BAX. Cool. Um, and we're super excited to partner with them in order to host it. And that's, um, as I said, June 25th through June 28th. So it's going to be super fun. Yeah. Um, it is three days of technique and repertory. And cool. so uh, the technique classes will be taught by myself and my artistic visioning partner, Allegra Romita. Yes. Um, and it is dance class. It is yes. like, let's dance it out. <laughs> Um, yes. But what's exciting is that we open up a lot of our company practices and rituals yeah. um, to the public and yeah. just invite you into the world that we create every time that we come together, Yeah, um, which is about more than plies and tendus and getting sweaty, which we do, right. um, but also about how do we build community within technique class. Yeah. Um, so that's really exciting. Yeah. And then each evening we offer a different professional development workshop. Cool. Um, uh, so the three workshops that we're doing this uh, this year are uh, l- let me 
get the information correct because <laughs> I don't want to lie to y'all and I want you to come. Um, I believe the first one is life skills for the artist who wears too many hats, yes. which I feel that the listeners here might yes. relate to. Yes, I was really going to say, you know, these are my people. <laughs> I'm those people. And I hope that I can speak to those people. Yes, exactly. So we really uh, spend some time like, what are, what, what are you trying to do? Right. How are you trying to do it? Right. What are your, you know, what are the values that you're operating by? How yeah. are you making your decisions? what you know what are your priorities and then like what are some practical tools to actually be able to juggle the various things that you want to be doing as well as what you need to be doing right you know in order to accomplish your artistic and professional goals yeah um so that is one workshop that we're doing yeah Highly recommend it. Yes. (laughs) And I have a question about it in just a second. Yes. So hold my question. Okay. Um, The second workshop that we're doing is, um, oh, this is our signature making socially engaged dance because all the dance work that we create is you know either by or about or for or around some sort of social justice issue and so how do you create dance work that is engaging those issues and really engaging the people uh, who are witnessing the work around those issues and this year we're using um, the piece that we're currently creating as Mm -hmm. sort of a model um, of how you can begin to do a community engaged dance work yeah um and then the last workshop on the 27th is body business resource sharing getting what you need with what you have Uh (laughs) which is based on our 2015 work body business which was all about the economics of the dance field in new york city and so really we we uh break out those really practical uh, ways of bartering, sharing, figuring out yeah. how if you're trying to make work, if you're trying to produce events, yeah. um, how do you get your work done even when you don't have a lot of money? Right, right. Um, because let me tell you, I am the no budget production queen. <laughs> so I'm just here trying to share all my secrets. Well, I'm, <laughs> that's literally my question. Yeah. So you work. How? So yeah, I want to go backwards. I was gonna say I was gonna ask a question that feels like a question before then. Mm-hmm. So before you you had the company for you've had the company for nine years now, but somewhere in there, I remember you were teaching in high school. Yeah, I taught um, at Dreamyard Preparatory for five years. I was the dance teacher there. Okay, mm-hmm. and so then you transitioned to do the company more full time. Yeah. So going through that transition, mm-hmm. how did you decide, or why? Maybe how and or why? Because I don't, I don't know if it's I don't know if they're the same, and I think they both could be important. Mm-hmm. Why or how did you decide that these specific tools were important? Because this curriculum, though I can understand why it's important, I want to I want to hear maybe what was going through your brain to even lay this as a foundation with your people. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I taught uh, high school dance nine through 12 yeah. um, for five years. And actually for even longer, I taught early childhood as yeah. well. So I was doing um, both of those at the same time for a really long time. And I was just burnt out. I was completely burnt out. I love the children. I love our youth, but I will likely never teach K through 12 again. <laughs> Unless under very specific circumstances, Um, you know, New York City DOE, bless them, but 
can't do it. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, you know, that was really the basis for me making that shift. Yeah. Um, and so once I... I was clear about that. I just mm-hmm. made a leap because mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was going to do next, but I knew I could not continue teaching. Yeah. And that was really, um, you know, in favor of my mental, emotional, spiritual, physical health, yeah. um, because all of those things were deteriorating as yeah. a result of really working uh, myself into the ground trying to honor my teaching as best as possible of course but also trying to honor my artistic self right, right um and so i made that leap and then coincidentally that summer my very good friend and uh strategic visioning partner for slm dances as well as just like life partner uh nia austin edwards or nia edwajante um as some of you may know um she runs an organization called purpose Productions. yes and yes and so purpose is an organization that supports artists creatives organizers and doing all of the shit that they don't (laughs) that they maybe they don't want to be the one doing the marketing maybe they don't want to be the one to keep the books they you know maybe they need somebody to watch the kids while they go to rehearsal purpose got you (laughs) um and so coincidentally this was summer 2016 yeah um she was offering her very first team retreat where she was trying to kind of brain dump all of the uh very specific life skills Mm -hmm. um that make it possible for her to um, really be an amazing freelancer. Yeah. And so she invited me to be a part of that training. Yeah. And also, you know, just as my friend, she was definitely in support of me making that decision to yeah. leave my job. And she was like, you know, I got you. Like, I, if you, there's always work that is coming through purpose. Yeah. So if you need some coins, like, I will help you out yeah. and we'll figure it out, you know. Um, and so that both that relationship and yeah. also what she was offering through purpose really laid the groundwork for this whole life skills for the artist who wears too many hats. Right. Because that summer, what I learned from her, I was like, yo, everybody needs to be doing this. Yes. Everybody needs to sit down and get real clear. What are your values? What are your priorities? Yeah. And then how are you going to move according to that yeah. as opposed to just taking on a job just because you need a job? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, how many people show up to their job every day hating it, yes. hating themselves, yes. can't stand it, losing their mind literally, literally. but can't haven't taken the time to even assess well what do I actually want to be doing what could I do that could allow me to attain the material needs that I need to live but also actually be in support of and uh, and give me life you know Um, and so that's really where that was born and then I would say you know again that was 2016 that previous fall 2015 Mm -hmm. was when we had produced our show body business yeah and so that show literally was about my life (laughs) i mean every show i make is about my life where i am at that moment but it was like okay how are we gonna do this how are we gonna make this money yeah because the one thing that i'm actually very clear about is that i'm committed to being in the dance field long term for life like i was never one of these people like oh i'm gonna come to new york and i'm gonna be here a couple years if i don't make it i'm gonna go home no (laughs) that was never me i was like so i'm gonna go to new york and i'm gonna be a dancer 
So what are we going to do? <laughs> and everything that I have done in my life to this point has been in support of that vision. Yeah. So because I've had that level of clarity, I have been able to strategize on the long term. Right, right. Right. And so the other big decision that we made that uh, 2016 was that SLM Dances as a company was going to go on sabbatical from performing. We were going to mm. get off the hamster wheel and just stop gigging just because the gig came up. Right. And we were actually going to decide, okay, what types of performances do we want to be doing? Right. Where where have we and how have we been making money up to this point? Right. And how can we grow those income streams? Right. And what is, you know, what is some sort of organizational infrastructure actually right. look like instead of Sydney just being all department heads right. and people just kind of jumping in and catching as they can? Right. Can we actually be um clear and define some roles right. and give people responsibilities because people are here. Right. They want to be a part of this. They right. want to help, but they just need clear direction. Right. Right. Um, and so that started us on this journey. We went through a year long strategic planning process. And then mm -hmm. after that, um, the following year, we called it uh, our implementation year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, we are currently in capacity building year. Okay. Right. So we're three years out from that uh, that initial plan and really in a space of growing, growing intentionally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what I'm what I'm curious for you to talk about now is the changes you've seen with your within your collaborators mm -hmm. having been so strategic about the planning like how how have you seen them grow individually mm -hmm. with this kind mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. Um, with this kind of push behind it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's really interesting because we've had a huge shift in um, who we have been working with yeah. in the time between, I would say, pre-strategic plan and post-strategic plan. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the artists who I was working with pre-strategic plan have gone on to do a many a great thing. Almost yeah. everybody went to school to get a second or third degree, which, you know, I'm so happy for these brilliant <laughs> human beings because I only want to work with brilliant human beings. But also, I'm like, come on, y'all. <laughs> y'all leaving me to go get these MBAs and PhDs yeah. and, you know, Masters of Divinities and, you yeah. Yes. No, <laughs> they are out here. Exactly. Uh, amen. <laughs> you know, get them going. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but then that has led us to a space of, you know, putting out a call for new collaborators yes. who, you know, and this is a shift that I have witnessed not only in my own, you know, artistic journey, but I would say for the artists, choreographers who are a generation above me, like witnessing yeah. how their companies have shifted yeah. over time. Um, I'm not necessarily dancing with my peers anymore. No. And so um, it has been interesting about uh, to get clear and refine who and how who we want to work with and how we are working right. and how do we articulate that as clearly as possible right. so folks know what they're, they're getting, getting into. into. 
Yeah, right, exactly. Right, right. And because we also have this commitment to black women and black femmes. Yeah. Um, and not only in terms of what the work is about, but who is doing the work and right. how we are actually crafting and shaping the company culture mm-hmm. is for them. Mm-hmm. And so what and what do we need to do to create space for them to show up fully? Mm-hmm. Um, and for them to be their best selves and offer their best work right. um, in kind of the still difficult space. We're in this like weird middle place of we still don't have a lot of money right, right to offer folks. We can't pay a ton you know, of money for rehearsal right. and performances and things like that. But there we are offering a lot yeah. um, in terms of being a part of the company. Yeah. And really what every if you talk to anyone who's ever been in SLM dances, yeah. what they will tell you that they've gotten the most out of is the community that has been built. Yeah. The relationships that they've built with people through the company as well as their own personal growth and development yeah and shout really, out to yeah. Brittany Greer yeah shout out to Brit. <laughs> hey. uh, Brit is my Brit and I used to dance for Joya mm-hmm. uh, and so and oddly enough side note just so happens that Brit went to the audition that I did not go to. Guys, I did not go to it because at the time, jobs didn't line up in terms of hours. Understood, and yes. so, But I had always kept track mm-hmm. with Brit because we were always mm-hmm. like in similar circles. I was like, Brit, how's it going? And she raves about it. Because I will say, and I definitely want you to talk about this, I've noticed in my very, I want everybody to be clear, I have a very small perspective. I've only been here for two years, so don't come for me in these streets. (laughs) But I do notice this, um, this tug and pull between what does community look like? What is, what do you give to community versus what do you receive from community? Mm. And I've been in certain circumstances where I felt like community often equated to like a labor of love Mm -hmm. or it equated to um, essentially me volunteering to push beyond my boundaries. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I, how do you, how do you sit in that space both as a choreographer and maker, like a facilitator, but you're also doing other things. Mm -hmm. Like you're switching those roles Mm -hmm. pretty simultaneously. How do you navigate that space? Um, yeah, that is that is probably the most challenging part of it. Yeah. Um I love the way that you phrase it. Push you said pushing boundaries. Um can you repeat what you said? I think I said pushing beyond the pushing beyond my boundaries. Yes, 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 yes. Uh-huh. Pushing beyond your boundaries. Yeah, for the sake of and it's, for the and sake it's of validated community. because it's community and like right. obviously you need to make that happen. Right, right. So um, something that we've been talking a lot about is what does it mean to invest in a liberated space that is actually um, in support of your thriving versus uh, managing uh, the typical oppressive structures, right? right. Like dance companies by by uh, traditional design right. are actually extremely oppressive structures, yes. right? <laughs> Um, be it ballet, be it modern, whatever. There, it is built on hierarchy. It yeah. is built on um, a lot of shame. It's built on unequal practices, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And so, it has actually been a very one of the reasons I have been so committed to building SLM dances is because I wanted to build the company that I wanted to be in, that yeah. I wanted to dance in, yeah. um, and, and build the company culture that was actually supportive of my own growth of my own inquiry my own curiosities um and i wanted 
And I knew that it wasn't just for me. I mm. knew that other people could benefit from that. Right. Um, and so there's that. Mm -hmm. And then me in the space of choreographer, facilitator, director, also, you know, with dance, with yeah. performance, there are some like hard, tangible deadlines. Like yeah. there is a show. Yeah. There's an event. Right. We put some money into it. Right. right. <laughs> I need you to show up. Yes. Right. Yes. Y'all can see me in the studio, but I'm not in my head like I hear you. Exactly. Right. Yes. And so the space between those things. And then the third piece for, that I think is really specific to me is the choreography, the dance works that we are making. Mm -hmm. I'm actually asking artists to draw on their lives mm. and to um uh, to be vulnerable enough to share their stories mm -hmm. um, with the hope, with the end goal that by sharing their story that folks who are witnessing the work will also feel seen mm -hmm. and feel heard. Mm -hmm. And in that, us all as a community being in a more vulnerable space to work together and move forward, yeah. to be action oriented yeah. um, towards whatever the goal of the work is. Right. Yeah. And so that's a lot. That is a lot. That's a lot. And I know it's a lot. I'm a lot. <laughs> this is the way God made me. I, I actually woke up like this, right? <laughs> I know. I know it's a tall order. But at the same time, I am so clear about the value and the worth of that, right? Yeah. And But going back to this commitment to black women, so many of us have never had the opportunity to even vision for ourselves in that way. Right. So many of us have never even just had the support that we need, even just at home or with, right. within our friend circle or whatever. Right. And so for, it is a huge leap to try and find, be in the process of trying to find that for yourself mm -hmm. in your personal life and then also bring that to your professional space, right? Oh, yeah. Into your artistic space, your passion space. Right. Um, and that's what I'm asking, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so it 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 is a process. It's a work in process and mm -hmm. we're navigating and I don't pretend to know the answers. Yeah. I don't pretend like I, you know, uh, have made a perfect space because it's not. It's very imperfect. Yeah. Um, I'm human. I have feelings. I have emotions, reactions, etc. Yeah. But at the same time, I am making it a priority to get clear, to continue to check in with mm. folks um, and, you know, really talk to them. And what do you need? What, how can I better support you? Yeah. How can I be different? How can I, you know, like what, how can we do this work together? And that's yeah. really why we changed the language of the company from company to now collective yeah. um, from dancer or artist in company to creative partner right, right? because it names a level of investment yeah. in the work um, that is more than your typical choreographer here's some dance steps right. and dancer I'm going to learn these steps and hit it on three right. this, that's not what this is it, it includes that right? but the whole picture is right. creative Creating this space where we can all live our best lives. Right. And I feel like if SLM dancers can actually model that right. for the broader community, both in dance and for black folks and for yeah. all folks, right, um, then we're on to something. Right. And what I love, too, about what, what I 
previously you mentioned this whole idea of investment and I do think that in any creative practice there's a level of uh, personal investment like I have to be willing to be vulnerable in X space but what I love too is that not only did you say like what can I do to make the process of being vulnerable a little bit easier for Mm -hmm. you but in terms of strategic planning about life you're also saying like oh this is where you're going this is I have like actual concrete skills like mm-hmm. you need coins mm-hmm. i know somebody mm-hmm. i can put you in touch with them exactly because a lot of times at least i've noticed that like no i'm not fully invested into this rehearsal if i'm worried about if rent is about to be due mm-hmm. that's just that's 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 real that's real that's very real and but i and i also love that you're not shying away from that even that conversation not at all because yeah that that is what everybody we, gotta eat and I'm sorry, I can't go back to ramen and sweet potatoes. Because <laughs> when I moved to the city, for those who don't know, I'll do an episode one day. But yeah, I lost like 10 or 15 mm. pounds when I first moved to the city. Mm-hmm. Because all I could afford at the time was like ramen. Mm-hmm. And I would do like ramen, a bagel, or the instant oatmeal, and mm-hmm. then sweet potatoes. Because mm-hmm. sweet potatoes have a lot of mm-hmm. it's nutrient-packed. Yes. Yeah, I can't, I can't go back no, there. No, you cannot. Because I, I walk these streets. Yeah, I, I got to be sustained. I got to be nourished. Mm-hmm. I ain't got to be vegan. Right. Right. Yeah. Vegan adjacent. Yeah. We are not about the starving artist lifestyle. No. Not at all. Um, And I, you know, it's interesting because I'm kind of in another round of shift and another round of like my personal life strategic planning. Yeah. um, Where, you know, again, like I said, we're in this like weird middle space where I see the light yeah. and I, you know, like I know that Esalen Dances is going to scale to the point where it will be able to be able to, it will be able to feed me and other people yeah. um, fully. Yeah. I'm very clear about that. Yeah. But we're not there yet. We're not where we were, but we're not there yet. Yeah. Right. And so trying to figure out even what I can do as I'm actually getting deeper into my creative process and that taking up probably 85 to 90% of my brain power Mm -hmm. and time. And even I'm like, okay, how am I going to pay this rent? I know what I can do to pay the rent, but that I don't desire to spend my time doing that work Mm. at all. And so I'm in a space of, like yeah how have you not like how are you personally not girl i spent the last month in tears <laughs> keep it at all the way 100 i have spent the last 30 days oh in gosh. tears releasing i mean making space i mean <laughs> because also i'm not in my 20s anymore i just had a birthday i'm 34 years old yes. proud to say that but honey got goals like yes. and also to like <laughs> a preface so the tagline is like a part of the tagline is like if you want to know what success looks like in your 20s just keep listening mm-hmm. so guys i just want to preface i am in my 20s mm-hmm. some of my guests i'd say at this point i'm like I, i'm something close to 50 50 where mm-hmm. like half my guests are in their 20s but half of them aren't so i just want to let y'all know that like I think I'm successful because I get to have the conversations that I want to have with the people that I want to have. Mm-hmm. But I am in no way saying that my guest is in their 20s making the things happen. Right, right. Unless, like, and if you need to know, like, who is in their 20s and who's not in their 20s, just reach out to me and I can make right. it happen. <laughs> but also, it's really just yeah. nice to hear you say that you're in tears mm-hmm. because 
that's not something that I feel like I get to hear from 30 something people. Oh yeah. Like I feel like you guys, especially 30 is supposed to be the golden year where all of the things are supposed to align. But see, that's the stuff that messes you up. See? Right. (laughs) (laughs) This is what messes you up because they tell you, okay, twenties, you just, it's a given. You gonna mess up. You gonna, that's your time for figuring stuff out. But by the time you're in your thirties, supposedly you have, you know, your dream job or, you know, are working your way toward it very clearly. Maybe if you have goals to be partnered or, you know, be buying a house or whatever, this is the moment. And if that's not your goal, if you just wanted to be the artistic director of your company and you but you want to be winning your awards and getting your getting your shine like whatever those specific dreams are this is the moment it's supposed to be much supposed right exactly exactly but the truth of the matter is when you take into account i mean when i came out of school that was during the economic downturn that was i finished undergrad 2007 grad school 2009 and i went directly from one program to the next yeah um so that was the economic downturn so couldn't nobody get a job number right, one right and the people who had experience couldn't get a job right so right me <laughs> not having much experience right right so that's number one number two i am a black american <laughs> okay right. the descendant of slaves my family is not made of money at all okay i would yes. benefit for some reparations please and thank you um <laughs> Hashtag be heard. Right. It was a great town hall meeting. Right. Exactly. Um, And, you know, my parents absolutely support me and support me emotionally and financially in the way that they can, which is like, I'm going to put a couple dollars in your birthday card, but they not paying my rent. Yes. Yes. You know, and also grappling with the fact that, like, I have an Ivy League degree. And an MFA, right? Right. And, like, if I wanted to be a lawyer, I probably could be one. Right. But I have no desire on God's green earth to do such of a thing. <laughs> and so, you know, for me, the the difficulty is just being so clear about what my purpose is yeah. and trying to figure out how to do it. Yeah. You know? And, and, and being, and that's, that's, literally, that's literally what I was just about to ask you, well, both in your personal strategic planning and also in the company's strategic planning you have gone through these major transitions be it going from different collaborators uh different partners to like having to figure out how to achieve these goals how have you maintained how how do you maintain patience (laughs) through that because i feel like as i transition i I'm not good at it. Yeah. I feel uh, bad at it. You know, you need to find your grounding practices. Yes. Uh, prayer. Okay. Yoga. Okay. Journaling. Okay. And I have an amazing cohort of friends. People who, multiple human beings, not just one best friend, but yeah. like probably a solid six or seven who like I have very close intimate relationships with and if I call one one don't pick up I got another one on the line like and these people counsel me (laughs) they brainstorm with me if 
something's happening and they show up and I do the same for them. Yeah. Um, but that's actually one of the things that I'm most proud of is even though I don't, I have not built a family in the traditional sense of the word right. by being married or having kids. I have built a family over my lifetime right. that is so down. Um, and that is really like the people that is how I get through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I got some people. Shout out to my people, mm-hmm. Emily, Caitlin, my therapist. Mm-hmm. Who else is my people? Oh, Crystal. I won't even shout out all y'all. Oh, Gretchen, people. Mm-hmm. You're my people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jasmine Hearn, which was like a super huge thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. But it is nice because we've been talking a lot about transitions on the podcast. I did a whole episode on transitions. Yeah. Um, but it is really just like refreshing and just like heartwarming to hear that like mm-hmm. a lot of people are transitioning and it's tough and you have these go-tos and also to um to my other folks who are 20 i think it's nice to hear that at least for me i don't have my go-tos i have some go-tos now mm-hmm. but like those go-tos will also come mm-hmm. like a part of transitioning mm-hmm. is figuring out how to transition with a little bit more ease mm-hmm. a little bit more grace mm-hmm. a little bit more self-compassion mm-hmm. and it sounds- give yourself grace Give yourself grace. Like, I can't say that enough. I feel like dancers are so hard on themselves. Yes. Black people are so hard on themselves. Yes. Women are so hard on themselves. And I totally get why. Of course. Right? And there's so much internalized Mm -hmm. self deprecation hatred that you know and so much external making us think that we are not good enough yeah that you know who we are at our core is not valuable and that's not true right at all right right and if you are a dancer who either came up in New York City or moved to New York City and you are trying to figure out your life and your career and all of that, you're already doing 10 times more than most, okay? Yes. Right? But at the same time, the other side of that coin is find the spaces where you can actually put forth that effort and energy and put 110% in. Because I think the other thing that people get confused is like, okay, I want to value myself. I want to give myself boundaries. I want to, you mm-hmm. know, really um, give myself grace and, and as you should. Mm-hmm. But um, you have to also be mindful of how you're impacting the people around you yeah. and be mindful of the spaces that you're in. Like mm-hmm. if you are working in some organization and the white people are just being white as they do, like, Yes. Don't show up for them. You don't need to show up for them. Okay. Don't do it. But (laughs) if you are working in a space where you actually really do believe in what the work is and you have tangible um, understanding of how being in that space is benefiting you. you Right. Which could be money. Right. Or it could be, oh, it I just realized. It, it could be, it could, it be, could be, s- be that, like, what is it? Your tribe. If right. That's your tribe. Exactly. Exactly. Then invest in them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I guarantee it will come back to you a hundredfold. Yeah. And like just being mindful of like where you put your in it. Uh, yeah. I remember this one 
I try not to reference too many sermons because my mm-hmm. relationship to religion is okay. one that is multi stranded. Mm-hmm. But the, there was really one great sermon. And this guy was really, really great. But he said, What you get into will get into you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Wow, that's so revolutionary, like, so radical at the time. But I really do think that that's true. Mm-hmm. Like, the, and I, and I, I'm always I'm, I really love plants, but like yeah, the seeds that I put in the ground will grow. What I give energy to mm-hmm. will grow, and and oddly enough, so uh, like super side note, but Emily and I got this really beautiful but dying succulent. Mm. We have like five or six plants already. Mm-hmm. So and we and we did have one die on us. It was not our fault, <laughs> but this one was dying. Mm-hmm. And no matter what we did, mm-hmm. it would not come back. Got it. And so eventually we had to kind of throw it out. But I say that to say we did figure out what we needed to do. But the things that we're giving our energy to in terms of our plants, those plants are growing. Mm-hmm. And that one, it just so happened that like because of how we got it, we couldn't really do anything with it. Right. And so we had to like right. get rid of it. Right. So you could give your energy to things that look great, but they aren't really going to make it. And just being able to... um, You need discernment. Discernment and also, because I think too, I think sometimes we can... I know I can get really disappointed. Like I was actually really sad we Mm -hmm. had to throw that plant away because Mm -hmm. it was so pretty. Mm -hmm. And I actually thought we had kind of killed it because Mm -hmm. (laughs) what happened? Right. But then we got new suit of great vibe. You can't be responsible for the trauma that plant went through before it showed up at your door. Literally, and we really really didn't even know how long did that, essentially that plant hadn't been watered in like, Mm -hmm. and it hadn't seen sun in a long time, and it was a succulent, and it was blah, 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 blah. But I think sometimes with with discerning, there's a lot of like guilt and like sadness and shame that like the thing didn't work out the way you hoped it would. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And so mm -hmm. I say that to say, um, it's okay, just get dirt away. (laughs) Get a new plan. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, but I understand. And I will say that that's probably been one of my biggest spaces for growth over the years, right? Because I love everybody and I'm so happy. And I do go around just giving people my phone number and I'm like, call me. And people don't call me. And I'm like, no, if I told you to call me, you can call me, right? (laughs) I didn't call because I was like, um, okay. I think I text you. Actually, I still actually might have your number. All the time I've been emailing you, I should just text you. Great. It's okay. But email for business, though. <laughs> Everybody hear that? Use my email for business. Okay? Facebook Messenger is not a business uh, interaction. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but back to the point yes. is that... Um, just finding um, and getting clear about who is... What I'll say is I have to use... Who is showing up for me as a measure of how much I can show up for them in some ways? Because my default is to say, come on over. I will feed you. I will give you a place to sleep. Like, what do you need? I will hook you up with this person. Why don't you call that person? I will be there for you. And that's my default. And what I had discovered is that, um, first of all, some people don't want it. Right. That's fine. Okay. Second of all, they have never had someone be that generous with them right. and they don't know how to what receive to even it. Do with it. Right. They don't know how to receive it. Um and then, you know, the next thing for me is okay, well, if they're not invested, then I have to divest right. in order to take care of myself. Right, right. Um, because if that 
interaction is not working out, then I start to feel harmed. Right. 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 Because all I want to do is just love up on everybody. Right. 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 But I can't do that. Yeah, not uh, you have to do so within your own boundaries mm-hmm. in a way that's uh, self-sustaining. Right. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And yeah, and and that's something that I think um, me and Emily both have been talking about, but I think is so important for everybody. Like, how does this life become sustainable? Because when I moved to the, actually, shout out to Gracie and Jesse, who were the, the two of my undergraduate friends mm-hmm. who uh, they worked with me at the writing center. Mm-hmm. But they were like, Katie, you were at school. And you were in College Station, which is where I went to school, and mm. then you were gone. Like, mm-hmm. where did when you moved here? Did you plan to move, <laughs> or were you just supposed <laughs> to visit? <laughs> and truth be told, I actually didn't really have a plan. Mm-hmm. I just knew that mm-hmm. I'd had a series of plans about how to get to New York, and they all fell through. Got it. And then shout out to Jawale and Urban Bush Women. Mm-hmm. I saw Scott mm-hmm. at APOP 2017. I went home so in tears and overwhelmed. Of course. Called my ex and was mm-hmm. like, I have to move to New York City now. I have to be here now. <laughs> I love it. It's not a good luck. <laughs> but fast forward, like some of us did, some of us didn't have these plans. Mm-hmm. To like for the thing to work out, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. and and obviously working out can look a variety of ways. Different ways, yeah, yeah. So like now, so it's almost like now you got the thing that maybe you were hoping for, and mm-hmm. you did the thing you never thought you could do. Mm-hmm. So then now, kind of backing track to say like, okay, so how do how am I sustained in this? Right. How does this become livable versus right. these like um moments of like highs right but then you have to suffer for these like lows to kind of compensate for it right like right. how can you kind of maintain yeah. kind of hold your ground yeah um which i do not have an answer to by any means the mm-hmm. podcast is obviously one way that i like to sustain mm-hmm. myself mm-hmm. um but yeah just these questions of how and what yeah. i love going back to the many branches of this conversation is what you've done with slm is create some pathways to the how mm-hmm. and i think especially because when i met you i was 20 three i think mm. i was tw- actually i think i was 22 yeah because i hadn't wow. even i hadn't because i hadn't i hadn't graduated yet and okay. when i graduated i was 20 i was about to turn 23 mm-hmm. so yeah had mm-hmm. i meeting you when i was 22 i could just imagine like how far i would have been yeah had i been a part of this because <laughs> your girl wasn't playing and your girl well, wasn't well you know you can still come <laughs> and there are creative partner auditions yes 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 <laughs> i do know so let us segue. That's a great yeah. opportunity. Tell us about the audition. Mm-hmm. Give the people the details so that they know what's going on. Yeah. Um. So the audition is actually like during our uh, intensive, during yes. PD for the People. We do want people to come and take at least one class with us. Okay. Um, and that is really, that's the movement audition. Yeah. Um, and then on Friday, June 28th from 10 to 1 um, is a moment for you to share with us your teaching and facilitation skills because that's very much a part of our work as well as we do an interview with each uh each dancer it should they you know there are rounds of cuts yeah um but then we invite people to speak with 
our leadership team, which is composed of myself as artistic director, Nia Austin Edwards, a strategic visioning partner, and Oleg Romita, who is our artistic visioning partner. Yeah. Um, and just speak with us about what your goals are, what your interests are, et cetera. Um, because <laughs> as a friend of mine uh, said a while ago, it's we're building a family, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we want to get really clear about who you are mm-hmm. um, as a person as much as you know how high your legs kick and um how well you can hold space right right (laughs) Um, Right. and so that is uh what will happen on the 28th and then um that night actually we will deliberate and make phone calls and then um it should we invite you to join the company we have a session on that saturday june 29th Mm -hmm. um and it'll actually be at the home of one of the leadership teams um persons on the leadership team and that's really intentional because Mm -hmm. we do a lot of work in our home space and we really do look at SLM dances as a home Um, and we spend some time and we really like get into the nitty gritty like what is SLM dances what do we do how do we do it where does the money come from like what is the business structure what is expected of you this is what we hold ourselves to yada 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 and then and then we actually give you like a month to think about it <laughs> we don't ask you to That's sign a contract until a month later because we want you to be sure right like are you sure you sure right because we want you to be sure well and also too it gives you some time to kind of plan exactly a year ahead to exactly say like, okay what jobs can i do exactly to- and that's really sweet. Exactly. Yeah. The com- I mean, like so that's not even sweet. The word I'm looking for yeah. is considerate. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because we know not only do we know that we're asking people for a lot to be in our space, but yeah. we are asking you to make a life shift. Right. It is a shift in your life. This is not your average gig. Right. Like right. we are not a project to project company. We will rehearse whether there is a gig or not. Right. OK. Right. <laughs> I will say that again. We will rehearse whether there is a gig or not and now what's different and that's different that's exactly different, that's exactly a, that's a different what is the word i'm looking for yeah that's basically that's a practice it is a practice rather than mm-hmm. exactly the opposite exactly not to say that project to project can't be a practice but this is a this is a very consistent is, practice it's a consistent and intentional practice right um and you know in that rehearsal time we are not only building new work because we are actually building a new work right now mm-hmm. uh, but we will teach you rep like existing rep that we are still performing and we will you know like there are smaller gigs in between like the big shows right if and when they happen yeah um and so yeah and the commitment is from august 2019 through june 2020 yeah um and we you know if you make that commitment obviously that would be we would expect you to do that but we also um are looking for artists who want to commit beyond a year yeah. right like yeah. who want to be with us for the long haul right. um allegra she started working with me maybe seven years ago there's not a single dancer who's ever worked with me i think the shortest has been like maybe six months and um yeah. and all of those people are still involved in some way even if they made a decision to move on for whatever mm-hmm. reason mm-hmm. um because it really is a, a real network 
um, of humans that share this set of values um, about, you know, taking the time to dream and strategize and self-actualize from and being in community and spending time learning. And, you know, this is why everybody got, you know, 99 degrees now. (laughs) And, you know, know I'm just saying they all have 99 degrees. Literally. literally. Mm -hmm. Yes. Collectively, there are 99 degrees amongst us. Um, you know, and and the commitment to the activist causes that we take on, whether that be street harassment, whether that be the economics of the field, whether that right. be just how are black women interacting with we each other. Another. Right. right. Um, all of these things are crucial to how we are navigating the world. Right. And people are coming in because they're committed to that. Right. And that's the. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. So if you ain't heard, if you haven't heard, now, you know, we have a little bit more time. So I definitely want to get into solos on solos. Mm -hmm. How has that been for you? Tell the people a little bit about what that is. Yeah, yeah. So Solo for Solo is a new program at Gibney um, under the direction of Ava Yasanta. Hey, Ava. Ava totally listens to this podcast. Yes. um, I believe she's senior curatorial director. She's pretty big. She's in charge. (laughs) She's She's pretty high up there. Um, and so she imagined this program where she has invited um, what she's calling developing choreographers to mm-hmm. create work on veteran performers. Wow. And um, what that means in my case is that she's paired me with Diane Harvey, mm-hmm. um, who's legendary. Yes. <laughs> legendary. Um, many people know her through her work with Forces of Nature, yeah. but she also worked with Elio Palmare and just yeah. like legend like I'm so blessed to be in the studio with her like two three times a week like what (laughs) um and so um we are showing what we've made Mm -hmm. on Tuesday June 4th um which is coming up next week I believe it's at 7 p.m it's at Gibney it's free yes um and it's it is informal um what the brilliance of the program is not only um, Ava's curation of pairing, you know, these artists together, but also to just give us the time and space to play and mm-hmm. with a very uh, low risk um, outcome. Right. Right. It's not product driven. It's it, process driven. Exactly. It's right. process driven. And also to really take the time to like develop a relationship with someone who you might not have you know had a relationship with before but also like she already saw the connections and was like okay these people need to be in conversation with each other and I feel like that Diane and I are learning I'm learning just as much from her as she's learning from me um, which is an amazing opportunity right Um, and so we've been working together with the program started in March Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, yeah, we've had some time and, um, what has been interesting is that both we've been exploring both of our connection to Intozaki Shange, bringing it back to the books that I've been reading. Um, and we, 
she was actually friends with Intazaki Shange. And, Shut yeah. <laughs> and had worked with her in many of her works. Um, and so she has really been like in her mourning process. And wow. this work has been kind of helping her to process her own grief over losing yeah. her friend. Yeah. Um, and I also have a connection to Intazaki Shange in that we are both alums of Barnard College. Mm-hmm. And um, we have met and talked on several occasions. Occasions, the most recent being in September of 2018. Um, I was invited to be in conversation with her on a panel at Barnard, um, and which was actually just a month before she passed. Mm. So this is like, and I, you know, I had already been for many years thinking about how the work that I was making was inspired by, influenced by, like her processes, et cetera. I also recommend reading um, Lost in Language and Sound, Mm -hmm. which is a collection of essays that she wrote really about her artistic process over Mm -hmm. the years Mm -hmm. and how she came to um, came to and was thinking through her work, and mm-hmm. a lot of people don't realize that Intazaki Shange she was a dancer. Like she was, people know her for yeah, her writing right, and right. her her being a playwright and for Color Girls and all that. Right. But she was a dancer, and she used to dance with Diane McIntyre, and she would go to class before she would write. That's crazy. As her, that was her process. Yeah, and I just learned from Diane last night. Diane Harvey that apparently she also used to like dress up and put on ball gowns to write. And I was like, what? Come on. <laughs> that now. was her work clothes. Baby, she said, I got to be ready. <laughs> Ready. So when it falls from the sky, it lands on what? Yeah. Me. Exactly. And on my tool. Exactly. (laughs) So here for it. So um, Diane and I have also just been having these conversations about what does it mean to play and have joy and pleasure? And what is it, you know, what are our rituals that set us up for that, right? Right. And how do we give ourselves permission? Um, And all of these conversations, um, and this piece that we're making exist for me in uh, within another broader world of the work that I'm making now that I'm calling purple. Um, oh. And purple is a universe of <laughs> of works that I'm developing right now yeah. all concurrently. So um, this solo for solo piece, when I um, was invited to be a part of it. I was like, yes, because this is exactly what I'm d- working on right now. Literally, um, it, the stars aligned for it, yeah. and then with the company, we're developing an ensemble work that are dealing with a lot of the same ideas. Um, and a lot of the dancers, I've asked them to interview an elder. Um, in their family or in mm-hmm. their community. And so there's still that multi-generational dialogue. Mm-hmm. And then another work that we're developing, we're currently in residence right now at Lincoln Center through Lincoln Center Education. Yeah. And through that, we're engaged with a senior center uh, within Amsterdam Houses, which is right behind the Lincoln Center campus. Yeah. And so we've been working with the elders there and we're about to start this project where we're collecting oral history from them Amazing. with some of these folks who have lived there 40, 50, 60 plus years years before Lincoln Center was a thing (laughs) right and so gives you perspective right and collecting those stories and making work with them Mm -hmm. within their community right so that's just like three different projects in this universe that we're calling purple which is really about like 
deep sisterhood for social change, mm-hmm. about these multi-generational conversations, valuing that feedback loop, that process loop, yeah. and really spending the time to figure out what gives us joy. I'm calling it radical joy, joy at all costs. How yeah. do we get there um, and how do we amplify that and how do we share those rituals and practices out so that there's a ripple effect? How do we yeah, set the how example? They spread. Exactly. Yeah, well, it's so funny that you say that. I know people are going to be like, Katie, really but j cole and ty dollar sign just came up with purple emoji oh and then a couple of months ago shout out to kendra poitier she her mm-hmm. thesis concert i think is about colors and at the time she was doing magenta interesting and then purple is the color of wisdom mm-hmm. so i'm like yeah. my antennas yeah are, i mean yeah my antennas are going uh-huh. this is purple i love when everybody uh shout out to hey friend hey mm-hmm. collective consciousness mm-hmm. we are all <laughs> aligning yes. i can feel it yes yes Yes. Okay. So I'm super excited. Yay. <laughs> this sounds epic. Yeah. But before we go, my last, last question. We are walking into Pride Month. What does Pride mean to you? Hmm. That's such a good question. Yes. My last question. Okay. Potentially. We- I mean, Pride means a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think pride for me personally, um, I find myself being an ally to the LGBTQ plus community. And so I'm always happy to just be there for folks in the way that they're asking me to show up. And Mm -hmm. like, you know, if we I mean, it's so dumb. Why just one month? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like I feel the same way about Black History Month, Women's History Month. Like we need to be amplifying and telling our stories more more than one month a year but I am so happy that there is a dedicated time to lift up those stories right Um, and I'm also just so happy that folks are taking the time especially on social media nowadays to like bring attention back to the origins of pride yeah. right and thinking about like it wasn't always sunshine roses and rainbows literally. okay literally. literally right and where did what are the origins of the pride parade and all of these types of yeah. things you know and so um for me like now is the time to really like signal boost all of that stuff and then also we need to be taking action because you know how many transgender women just died right Right. like how like there's just so much happening and there's such a um active attack on queer people at this moment in time both under our administration and i just day-to-day exactly exactly so how are we really calling attention to all of those things supporting those things giving money giving the reparations there yeah Um, (laughs) but yeah all of that is yeah what can what i loved about the Mm -hmm. hashtag be heard like i think it was reparations now i think was the name of the event Mm -hmm. at brick but one of the panelists two of the panelists talked about how reparations looks like retelling history Mm. as a way to um even the playing field Mm -hmm. like when your history is not there Mm -hmm. it really can change your future Mm -hmm. so how can reparations really be an active opportunity taken Mm -hmm. by all people Mm -hmm. to retell history outside of this westernized um patriarchal structure Mm -hmm. uh that Mm -hmm. uh, that uh takes away accountability 
for this one group of people and then like literally victimizes other group of people because right. it is there's so much more to the story mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so yes yeah so but also i will say that pride is a time and it's not only a time but just the language of pride is about self-determination yeah you know and i think that that is one of the greatest um challenges <laughs> and uh places for celebration is mm-hmm. like how are we self-determining who we are mm-hmm. who we want to be how we want to be seen mm-hmm. how we want to be talked to referred to how we want to love in the world how do we want to um you know define our <laughs> our roles and our jobs and how we're yeah. working in the world like there's so much there and just this um this idea of having the power to determine for yourself is so radical for marginalized it people. Is, it it is. is so radical. It is. And I feel like this is a moment, if you have never done that, if you, it is a continual practice of you doing that, like this is a moment to revisit, right? And right. to, how are you determining your own day-to-day, your own future, um, and taking that power back into your own hands? Yes. Yes. So you can find Sydney on June 4th mm-hmm. at Gibney yes, for can. Solo for Solos. Mm-hmm. And then you can find her again at Bax mm-hmm. June 25th through the 28th. Yes, yes. And then you can find her this weekend. Oh, yes. At Lincoln Center Education. But you guys get this episode on Monday. So okay. by this time, you will have <laughs> that missed will have the Saturday, passed. That, that Saturday opportunity. <laughs> and then you can find them on Instagram. Yes. Um, at SLM Dances on Instagram and Twitter. On Facebook, we're Sydney L. Mosley Dances. And our website is slmdances.com, where you can find all things SLM Dances. Yes. As always, guys, <laughs> I want you to make it live. I want you to make it breathe. I hope that you can find self-determination. But if you can't, I honor whatever process you're in on that. But above all, I wish that you all just make it. Bye, guys. You say bye, too. Bye.